This is CliffCentral.com. Good morning, South Africa. Jimelang, hello, Abshani, Khuyamora, uh, and all those other unrepresented languages. It's me, Dumi Marake, once again, sipping tea with you. And today, I have guests, I have real guests, like I didn't go and wake up a friend or abuse a husband or come and sit by myself. I brought actual real people guests. Um, the first one is Mr. Jose Domingos. I could be completely mispronouncing his name. He is the amazing, inimitable, um, highly underrated, mildly overrated, simply amazing very humble, very nice. I've tried to toughen him up. He refuses to be tough. He says I'm making him a puss. <laughs> uh, and he, I'm working with him on on this project I'm doing. Some of you may have seen on social media that I've got a show called Tweeties that I'm doing with Vanessa Frost. And this uh, uncle has uh, co-written and is directing and is in some respects designing this show. Hello, Mr. Jose Domingos, after Hello. that long introduction. <laughs> Hello, Mr. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, thank you very good, much. Good, good. Are you sipping there? I'm sipping this very wonderful um, coffee that you guys have. Lovely. This machine is made for me. Yeah. You see, he says he's sipping coffee. I don't I don't lick up everyone who comes in. Some people need it, some people don't. Ladies, calm down. Yes, sexy voice. No, he's not available. <laughs> and we have Vanessa Frost, who is my partner in crime. I've been told we look alike. Uh, it's deep. It's like he's, she's the white version of me. Now, this is in looks. I don't know in personality. Let's pray not in personality because the world can, all the world can handle this one to me. Right? Or maybe only one Vanessa Frost. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Anyway, this is Vanessa Frost. She is also inimitable, famous, Highly underrated, highly overrated, <laughs> highly very rated, highly rated by me. Uh, she is the original cave woman. Some of you may have seen defending the cave woman. She was defending this cave woman for a good how long, Vanessa? Fifteen years. Ten years. And Ten then years. I stopped because I nearly went mad. Yeah, she got tired of defending you. Women, this is how hard it is to defend you. After ten years, she was like, but I can't defend you anymore. That is how challenging you are. Welcome, Vanessa Frost. Thank you, Tommy. Vanessa Frost is also my co-star. She's also co-written this uh, 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 play. To be honest, guys, uh, they credited me as a writer to be nice. I think my contribution to the script <laughs> was show workshop here and there, and then tweaking. Really, I I, I can't. I, I'm a little uncomfortable, guys, uh, with taking credit for writing this thing because. Well, you were very, you were a very busy person. Yeah, but so the world needs you. Yeah, so I feel like it should be like written by Jose Domingos and Vanessa Frost, but those with contributions, with contributions, (laughs) very important contributions. Those tweaks that you've done are like worth their weight in gold. They're probably far more important than the whole script. Aww, Yeah, 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 and very funny. Very funny. Very very funny. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thanks. Sure. Like, ach, you guys, it's like, but you're also special. So, Jose, <laughs> tell me, how did this happen? Cause what happened is when, they, okay, for teas to come about, guys, ladies, teas is at in a hair salon. And what happens in this hair salon is at the back, we sell sex toys mm-hmm. because isn't it money must be made and the rent ain't worth spit. Exactly. <laughs> and what, when Vanessa and I came up with this, we were not sober. That's all I'm going to say. Some of the best things in the world are born out of liquor. Hashtag sipping tea for an example. So we agree we're going to do this thing. I'm just curious, Jose, how did she sell it to you? What made you go, 
I am willing to dedicate my time to two mental women. And I'm going to do this thing with them. Plus, you barely worked with me. I think you guys have worked together quite a bit. Actually, um, we've worked together as performers. Uh, I haven't actually worked um, as a writer or director. I've directed you. Yes, you uh, have in a, in, a, in a corporate. In a, in a corporate. And you made theater. me work in in roller skates. In roller skates, which um, <laughs> it's like you know, you took it's like a duck to water. You should be in roller skates all the time. But Jose tried to get me to do a Mexican accent. To this day, I don't know how to do a Mexican accent. <laughs> he tried everything under the sun, and then eventually, I'm like, okay, just. <laughs> Just uh, characterize. <laughs> yes. So how did how did she sell this to you? Um, it wasn't a hard sell. First of all, on a personal level, I it's been a while since I've been to Grahamstown. I think almost fifteen years. And what? I, yeah, yeah. So around this time, when Grahamstown Festival always comes up. I always have this kind of nostalgic feelings towards it because it is, uh, you know, as a student and various different productions, you know, it's quite inform it's quite an informative part of one's one's mm. development as a as an actor, or writer, director, and stuff like that. So um, I've always kind of like want I'd really like to do it, and then and then Vanessa said, well, she's going this year, she, she's going to do a production regardless, and would I be interested in being involved, and particularly as a as a writer? Would, I do would feel I, I need to interject at this point that. We also weren't sober at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of tea going on. <laughs> so this is probably why I find myself in this situation. <laughs> but, but, but the interesting part of, I think, the story is kind of what weirdly, in terms of the content of the play, um, uh, when she pitched the idea to me mm. about the salon and uh, this place has got a sex store, the, uh, shop at the back is um, I had met somebody who, who's got this and they know somebody who's actually got this. this is based on a true story. Mm. And I'd been wanting to develop a story around this as well. And she kind of pitched the idea of this idea. And I was like, that's crazy. And we happened to know the person. We happened to know the salon. Mm. And we, so, so it was, um, I don't know, fate played its hand, I suppose, in a way, and kind of like brought us together, perhaps, maybe. So I need to go and, and do my and hair at this place. Fate actually. and alcohol. Fate and alcohol. I need to go and do my play, my hair at this place. I, I actually realize I have not uh, test driven this place just for research purposes. Nor have I. Uh, really? I. No, we need to test drive. Um, so you're going back to Ramstown. Because of all this nostalgia, but also because you miss the drinking. Because Grahamstown, for some reason, I don't know if you find this, Vanessa, when you go to Grahamstown, your liver becomes way more accommodating when it comes to alcohol. Like, it's um, it's interesting. Um, I've been going to Grahamstown. Um, I missed four years somewhere in the middle of probably the last 23 years. Mm. And, um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm Grahamstown fit proper uh, so so you know i don't know you guys got to bring your air game you're rolling with the big dogs so this show there's a where we well we've got ganagard on board because i mean ganagard is talk to me about ganagard ganagard is about women's coaches right and it's about comfort right because our sexuality isn't just having babies and how do we not get HIV? Our sexuality is how do we enjoy stuff? Exactly. So Gynagard is a feminine hygiene product. Yeah. And I think the angle, the main angle that Gynagard takes is that of uh, female sexual health. Yes. Not only sexual health, but general health. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the products that we've got here are Gynagard Ultimate Intimate Wash, mm. the Gynagard Intimate Care. This is a lubricant. Um, uh, which is also for all day comfort. So not only for sex, but 
if you if you are uncomfortable, you can put give yourself some intimate comfort gel. See, that's the thing because here's you know what you will think to me, Maraka knows things and she's a clever girl, but I actually only discovered this stuff last year. At the age, ripe old age, guys, ripe old age of 34. How old was I last year? Yes, I was 34. I discovered that there are these things for me to make me more comfortable. Like, you know, when, 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 when my, my husband wants to get uh, freaky and I'm like, yeah, but baby, I haven't showered. Don't touch me. And I run into the shower to discover that no, but they're these wipes. They're these wipes. It's a, it's a shortcut. You just go freshen up, coochie, you're in. I was like, no. We must find a place with a bath or a shower, otherwise you're not getting in. Exactly. You know? And the, the campaign at the moment, which I think is so fantastic because it also brings a, a female sexuality um, out into the open without it being kind of like poo-pooed or, or taboo, which is also, I think, what Tease is doing, um, is uh, their campaign at the moment is want to get lucky tonight. <laughs> so you can go to work. Wait, no, no, let's take it a bit further. You can wake up, mm. go to gym, go to work. Mm. Be a school teacher, chasing after kids, mm. the whole thing. Go have drinks with your other friends after work. Mm. Meet a hot guy if you're single or hook up with your partner, mm. whatever the vibe. And you're, you're ready to go. Mm. You are prepared. Mm. You don't have to worry about the effects of the day mm. on your lady parts. Because lady parts, no, the coach is a naughty thing. Let's, hey, <laughs> just hey, let me tell you, you don't know. I don't you. know this. No, the coach is a naughty thing. I'm this thing, I, I remember I my mom. I want to know. No, my just... mom, <laughs> you don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You don't know if you want to know. You, you, you are good, my friend. Your sexuality lasts, lasts a lifetime. Yes, The yes. more you know, the better. Because a lifetime is a long time, depending on your lifestyle. But uh, for me, I remember how my mom used to say to me, Hey, hey to me, kuku is totu. Kuku is totu, which means your kuch is naughty. That thing must be kept clean. And you mustn't rough it. You mustn't be rough with it. Don't be just putting soap in there. You will hurt yourself. You know, and uh, so that's when I discovered the Ghana got gel as well because I'm one of those chicks. I'm so freaking unfortunate, guys. I love bubble baths, but I end up with thrush. Mm. So it it annoys me because I'm like, but but, mm. and so when I discover that there are these nice things that mm. I can just use to wash my cooch mm. and my cooch doesn't have to bend, it's very nice, man. Does, bu- nice. does bubble bath result in thrush? Uh, it result it in- and and urinary tract infections. Yeah, I mean the thing is, is that you, if you think about it, it's such a sensitive area, mm. and you put too much fragrance, too many chemicals, um, you know, and that's why um, the pH of Ghanagard is is also what's so. Important and mm. so um, effective, and that's mm. why you know, it's a it's a revolutionary. Yeah, no, yeah, we've plugged Ganagad now. I- pH four point five. How's that for a pun? We yeah. plugged. <laughs> we, we plugged, plugged Ganagad. Ganagad. Thanks, Ganagad. So how did you get them to? How did you get them to be part of this? So the production company behind Tees is Bloom and Stone, yeah. and um, uh, which is my company, and my partner Terry Ella mm. um, has proven herself to be a production person extraordinaire. Mm, she mm. has put together a proposal um, and she and Mama Boa from Ghanagard have um, got together, decided that there was a great fit for mm, Ghanagard and Tease, mm. um, especially in the lines of female sexual health. And mm. what we do with Tease is we, we talk about female sexual health, but in a comedic way, which mm. is always fun. Mm. And in a serious way, it's got gravitas, mm. but it's mm. comedic. And they obviously was a great fit. It actually wasn't that big an effort. Um, we just see the alignment of these two brands. So what happens if someone goes, oh gosh, is there another monologue from the vagina? <laughs> what do I like? What do you, what's our response? So go? We're calling this the vagina dialogue. Uh, yes. Because <laughs> it's, it's the two of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. 
what do you think, Tumi? Do you think it's anything like the vagina monologues? I don't think it's no, anything like the vagina monologues. No, at all. In fact, I feel, I feel like in this sense, in, in this case, that the vagina is just a silent partner. <laughs> it just happens to be there because our play isn't... Um, cause people go, teams, see, like a stand-up comedian, so it's gonna be like gags after gags after gags. I'm like, no, it's a story with heart, but we get to laugh. A comedy, as my wonderful director, do you know, Jose, to this day, that line, uh, Jose said to me, comedy is tragedy told in gags. Amen, sister. Man! Yeah, deep you True just story. I, I, I can't, I can't Yeah, but the fact that you knew where to place for it. That. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you didn't just throw it. Remember, we've been together for weeks. You never said this line. Then at the very right moment, at that moment, <laughs> you just hit the G-spot of the middle. <laughs> and you. <laughs> so what have you learned about, about dildos? Cause I mean, Vanessa, for you and me, it's boring. It's like, uh, girls uh, and dildos. Meh. Done. What what's what's changed for you, Jose? What what has changed your perspective in teas and all the toys that we use? Well, it's uh, what's interesting about the toys, not specifically. I mean, um, um, uh, you know, we we we're using toys that Lola Montez is kind of helping us out with. They they they've sponsored some toys, and and there's the the huge array of toys. The amount of stuff <laughs> that is available that you can do. Um, I mean, I just, I wasn't aware that there's, there's such a, such a, such a huge market. What's interesting about toys is, is, um, uh, as part of our research, uh, we was watching a film called Hysteria, uh, which was set in Victorian era. And oh. just at around that time, um, electricity was coming into, into being and, uh, but, but otherwise they were using gas run stuff and the vibrator. Gas vibrators. Gas vibrators, yeah. So, so the vibrator oh was one God. of the first household instruments before, before the Hoover or the vacuum or any of those things. I think it was like the fifth most produced oh, and used. Wow. So it's been around for a while. And what's interesting about, about it is that there's this kind of taboo that's developed over, over a hundred or so years where it actually wasn't so much as much of a taboo potentially before. Mm. Well, um, and so I suppose that's what we're exploring in the play is these ideas of, 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 of you know, uh, women's, uh, you know, the vagina, the myths around it. Um, mm. and, and, and it's a, you know, using these toys to be able to discuss, uh, to discuss you don't that. think, you don't think this, this, um, this thing of toys becoming taboo is like the industrial revolution. Cause you know, when it happened, there were people who were, uh, threatened by it. There was a fear mm. of what the change meant. I mean, it the kind of also, movies we saw come out because of that. It, I think it also has to do with, um, the, I think the biggest topic that we discuss is, um, the fear of female sexual power. Yeah. Um, and up until a hundred years ago, also, uh, it was understood that the clitoris was the primary source of female sexual pleasure. The clitoris being the only body part on either men or women that is exclusively there for pleasure. It has no other function but to give women pleasure. So it was understood that, that clitoral stimulation is, uh, you know, what, what women needed in order to, well, not uh, exclusively, yeah. but needed. And, and so, and strangely enough, there seems to have been some sort of, um, movement to the power and the thrust of the penis yeah and that that is where women should or that to makes sense so then the, 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 the vibrators are a threat because the guys are going yeah it's bad enough you've bent your bras you are independent now you want to replace me 
with this thing. This thing is a replacement. Now you don't need me mm. because you don't need me to bring home the bacon because mm. you're earning your own bacon. And now you don't even need me to stuff you because you're stuffing yourself. Mm. But I think also what's important, and I think this is, uh, you know, my own opinion and uh, certainly something that we try and discuss in the play is that a dildo, a vibrator, clitoral stimulator, whatever is no replacement mm. for sex. Mm. It is a masturbation aid. Mm. And I, and I believe that it can enhance your sexual experience mm. with your partner. Mm. Um, but it certainly isn't a replacement mm. for your partner. Mm. I mean, you can't look lovingly into your dildo's eyes. And <laughs> Say I love you But there are dildos with eyes There's, there's, there's all sorts of dildos Oh my gosh I'm sorry On that note of touching yourself I am going to play as a little song, song That talks about touching yourself Bitches, but I'm talking these women who are just they are they are highly strung, they are unhappy with the world, they look like sugar does not exist in their lives, nothing sweet exists in their lives. Cake. And I'm con dude, I'm convinced it's because they're not shagging themselves or by anybody else. <laughs> Do you think I'm being ridiculous? You know, you're allowed your opinion. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just know, feel like I you do, need to get laid, exactly, woman. I must say, I do. I, I definitely, uh, I don't know, Joe, if you, if you can spot these women, but there are women who I look at. Um, and in my, you know, I look at them as the ones who are overly gymmed, overly starved, mm. overly plastic, mm. and they're not putting out. I mean, and they are putting out. I think their orgasms are as fake as their boobs. Um, <laughs> Like that's my like if, if if everything else is so plastic, what mm. makes me think that your orgasm is going to be real? Mm, mm. Um, so yes, I'm a judgy judgy bitch when I say that, but yeah. uh, that is no. But even know. with the, with the overweight ones, where it's like because I remember there was a point where I was so overweight that my libido was like at negative six, and it's 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 rough because also mm. then it becomes an excuse not to have sex. It's like oh, but I'm tired and I'm not well, and I've got my asthma and oh, my back yeah. hurts and. Yeah. And that's, yeah, a female, uh, the, the libido is such a, a tenuous thing. Mm. It depends on what, what time of the month it is, what we ate that day. If you had a piece of cake, a tea, it's like, I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're not feeling sexy. Not feeling sexy. <laughs> Whereas if you went to gym and you, you, you know, you had a great conversation and you worked hard mm. and you get home and you've got like that libidinal energy is mm. all there and mm. you're in touch with it and your relationship is, I mean, I've also just read something this morning about transcendental meditation. Okay. Maybe I'm going there. Maybe I shouldn't. I'm not sure. But I want to go there. <laughs> and it's intriguing. Yeah. When do we take 40 minutes out of yes, our day for ourselves? Just to be quiet. Yeah. Yeah. I used to do that. I used to do like five minutes. I'd sit in my yard because I've got a pretty big yard and I'd sit there under the trees because I swear the minute you quiet yourselves, it's amazing the sounds you don't even realize exist around you. Like you'll hear birds, you'll hear rustling, you will hear 
insects you didn't even know you could actually hear because you just think, ah, you don't, you don't mm. really hear insects. You see them, but then you start to hear these sounds. You even get to hear distant cars. You're like, oh my gosh, I can actually hear what sounds like three streets away. But if we don't stop for five minutes to hear the other sounds, mm. how many of us stop and make the effort for our own pleasure? Mm. I like, I, I, it's. I think it's quite scary. Mm. It's quite scary how few women. Take the time and the energy to work at their own sexual experiences. And you, Jose, do you think it's different for dudes? Are you guys like, we'll touch ourselves? Or is it just the perspective that women have? Because we think no, dudes think, are just up for it any time. I think when it comes to satisfying personal pleasure, there's all sorts of kind of dogma around it that I think is based in shame. Mm. That regardless of like whether you're rubbing one out or you're having, or you're, or, 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 <laughs> or, 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 you know, a guy's going to, um, or you, you, you're going to, you know, you know, have a masturbatory session or whatever it is, there's potentially this thing in the back of the mind that there's something wrong about it, yeah. that you shouldn't be doing it, yeah. that it's, um, and, and I think that's one of the challenges that, that the, one of the things that we're kind of also looking at in the play and stuff like that. I think there's this fear that if you allow, uh, for libidinal energy to take over that will, it'll be uncontrolled. It'll mm. just be, you know, people just it'll screwing each other in the, in the streets. streets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is, which is not entirely true. Oh, it's um, not entirely bad. It's an exciting <laughs> idea. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but what's interesting about, about also the orgasm, both for men and women, and I think probably a lot more for women on a, on a, on a, just a physical level is the, there's a, there's a, enormous amounts of positives that come with it in terms of a hormone, like a, a tension release, um, h- hormone balance. Mm. Um, it's actually, it's actually probably, you know, you, it should be like, you know, you have a coffee in the morning, maybe you should rub one out. I'm not sure that. <laughs> That you, you know, but, but, but there should be, it should be a regular part of one's life and one yeah. shouldn't necessarily feel, have to feel bad about yeah, it yeah. and shameful about it. And I think, you know, depending on what cultures, particularly religions and stuff like that, there's this overarching thing that it's, you know, it's shameful. Exactly. Um, and, and that we're taught from very young age. Um, I don't have kids. You guys are kids. So I don't know what, but it's that thing of like, don't touch yourself there. Yes, mm-hmm. And from a very early age, um, and it's a difficult subject to talk to, mm-hmm. uh, particularly when you're talking about children. But, you know, I mean, from a very early age, we're relatively um, sexual. sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, just on that point, um, Sharon Gordon of Lola Montez, who's um, very kindly has sponsored our toys. Um, she and I were chatting. I met her a while ago and she and I were chatting and, her attitude towards sex is the same as um, eating, yeah. uh, taking a shower, yeah. exercise. It's a natural part of who we it's, are. It's a necessary. So, yes. so it's a necessary part of who mm. we are. It's as important as she just puts it into that category. Mm. And if that can be something that's in your mind. Mm. So with regards to raising um, children, I have mm. a daughter. And I read a fantastic article the other day about positive sex mm. so so it's you don't put a negative spin yes. on it you just put a positive spin yes. on it so um her parents love each other mm. um we don't she's two and a half we don't talk about you know that stuff now but mm. if she, she has discovered her private parts that's absolutely Let discover fine. This, yeah. Let the discovery yeah, happen. Yeah. And without going, don't touch, don't yeah, do that, sis. Yeah. Because I think that puts a negative spin. And the, mm. and the resulting mm. um, uh, research has shown <laughs> that, uh, that teenage pregnancy goes down, that um, early experimentation, mm. unnecessary experimentation mm. goes down, you know, because it's not taboo and it's, it's not, not this exciting naughty thing exactly. yeah it's interesting because I, I saw the, the just the the sheer look of horror on my nanny's face uh recently when uh an old um a show i did years ago 
Ed and I told him, hey, this is when you and me and your dad were still boyfriend and girlfriend. You weren't even born yet. And he says to me, but you guys were sexing. Hey, mom. And he's seven. But I said to him, yes, Bonsu, mommy and daddy were sexing then, you know. And I feel like now already he didn't sense any embarrassment. He wasn't even shy to ask me that, you know. And I feel like if my son's going to grow up like that with seeing sex as this, it's part of life. It's that thing when I get to it, I'll get to it. I feel like you're right. He's not going to try and sneak one in, mm. you know. Um, and even in terms of naked, of nudity, because I grew up knowing that if an adult is bathing, you go nowhere near where that person is bathing until you know they are fully dressed. Mm. Whereas in my house, my husband and I, we, it's like we're exhibition, exhibitionists. Eh? When we're showering, we're showering, we're bathing, the kids are there. Sometimes we bath with them. Mm. And, you know, they, they're getting older now, but the boys and the girls know each other's parts. They know there was a time um, our middle child, who's uh, four, was fascinated that his uh, his sister doesn't have a, a pee-pee. And he came around to me. I feel no pee-pee. I'm like, yeah, she doesn't have a pee-pee. He's like, girl, girls don't have pee-pees. Well, depending. Some mm. are born with pee-pees. <laughs> I hope I never have to explain that. Yeah, you yeah. know, because I already had to explain what a nun is to my son. And you know, the first thing that springs to your mind is it's a lady who doesn't have sex. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's the yeah. first that sprung to my head. But then I did, I did, I did find the appropriate answer, for which, which I thought was appropriate. I just said it's a lady who has dedicated her life to Jesus and to God. And so she stays in this place and all they do is the Lord's good work. I left it at that. Now that could easily describe a missionary. Mm. But for now, it satisfied him. (laughs) (laughs) And I was happy. Anyway, so that's sexuality, bruh. Now, when it comes to toys, because I'm going to keep talking about toys because for me, to be honest, the big thing for me with this play is um, I've always thought I'm very open-minded. I'm out there. But after seeing all the sex toys that are out there, I realized you can actually be conservative when it comes to sex toys. Because I have sex toys that are, it doesn't resemble a penis. That is what I want. Thank you. That's what I own. I own one that resembles a penis and I own a little one that's there just to uh, help the clit out every once in a while when you want to just warm yourself up. Right? But now I'm discovering all these other things, but I'm coming from a straight woman's perspective where it's me and Dick. You are coming from a gay woman's perspective Where I think it's a whole other world Like the first time you started talking about this I was like And I was like to me You can't show her you're shocked Oh my god What did I just get myself into How did you How do you How do you Yeah how I mean What is lesbian sex No not even what is lesbian sex For me it's not even what is lesbian sex It's, It's a whole new world out there there are a lot of us like me, small town girl who honestly only got exposed to homosexuality overtly mm. here. Mm. I, in, before Joburg, it was not, yes, I knew that, um, there was a whole other sexual orientation that existed. I, I had experimented with it in, in high school, but I knew it to be something that occupies a corner, mm. a, a hidden corner in society. And then here you are and it's like, it's not even, out loud and proud. For me, that's a whole other thing. Mm. You, it's, oh, I just happen to sleep with mm. women. Mm. That's. Yeah, well, it was interesting. The other day you called me heteronormative. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she is, guys. She's married. Come on. <laughs> with a daughter. Um, um uh, Okay. So the, is the question about whether or not I feel like uh, uh, about 
the sex toys within my relationship. Was it a natural? F- yeah, that's what no, I'm asking. Like, did no, you just automatically go into it, or is it like? It oh wasn't. My God. Uh, uh, no, it, I think it's something you discuss with your partner. Ah. It's like, is this something we want to do? Are you keen, um, gay or straight? Uh, you know, mm. and I think um, uh, it, it, as with any other marriage, it enhances what's already there. Mm. I think you are initially um, attracted to the person that you marry, yes. and so your sex life uh, represents that mm. and, and expresses that. Mm. And um, to enhance or to add to or to kink up a bit mm. or to what you know that's what for me in my marriage that's what sex toys are for because mm. i look i wasn't introduced to these things until i was getting married i don't know about you jose do you guys do that because for us i know bachelorettes there will always be that one expert who's brought in and for some reason for the first time for some of us in our entire lives we're meeting lingiri all kinds of lingiri ed- edible lingiri you know uh things that just cover one bit and nothing else you being introduced to toys some women actually have never even seen a toy in a room until a bachelorette mm. why because it feels like someone out there went this is the only time such behavior can be accepted beyond this when we are preparing the girl to be married we will not discuss these things what's mm. what's your well i was interesting you said bachelorette because i often wonder whether the naughty bachelorette is developed out of um, the, you know, the, the bachelors, mm. uh, you know, you hear such story about such kind of like crazy bachelors mm. that bachelorettes used to be kitchen. There was a kitchen tea was a hen party. I mm. mean, you know what I mean? Mm. And then it's kind of like more developed into a bit more, I don't want to use the word risque is wrong. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it's embracing of sexuality, mm. which is great. And I think it's, um, um, but yeah, I think, I mean, uh, like in my marriage, uh, we, we don't, we don't really have sex toys. I think maybe, uh, this experience of this play is something that I'm certainly kind of like starting to think about. It's yeah. kind of like the seeds being planted. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it might be good for us to, mm. to introduce, um, some aids and also maybe, you know, uh, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I. What, what bachelor? So bachelors is not about dude. This is how you do your woman, eh? So it's about last day of freedom. Let's get drunk. I don't quite know the culture of bachelors. It's quite weird. I mean, I must tell you, I do find it a little bit strange. I mean, when I'm usually there, it's like you look at all the other guys, and if you really look deeply into their eyes, everybody's going, "What are we doing? I'm just like, <laughs> could we just have had a bry?" Because there is this thing of like, there's this pressure. There's this pressure. It's like, there must be this stripper and there must be a few strippers. And everybody's kind of like, and you know, what's interesting is like, the, the, the strip is, you know, she's, if she's doing a good job, she's doing, if a, she's doing a good No, no, if she's doing a good job, no, I'll, well, I'll come back to that if she's doing a good job. But regardless of the kind of job she's doing and, and whether you add a strip club or you're not and stuff like that, the, and I can't speak for all guys, but certainly for my brother's bachelors and, and for the bachelors I've been to, there's this thing of where the girls are doing their things. Some are more extreme than others. Some just a strip. So some are kind of like using toys. Some are, some some will kind of use uh, take somebody out of the audience supposedly and, oh and maybe and maybe God. kind of like do some kind of and more than a lot of the times it's got to do with the bachelor. So they'll take him and they do a little bit of a show and hopefully it's not it it doesn't go down the road of um, one you know, night stand. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. But uh, but you know I know with my 
with my brother's bachelor. I mean, he was put in like a, a little tin bath and, 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 and made to pretend. I mean, he was so drunk anyway. I don't think he remembers any of that. <laughs> and he made to do all sorts of weird things, which was also about embarrassing yeah, the guy. And yeah. so I don't know. Bachelors are weird for A, because that's about embarrassing the bachelor, which, which I find kind of like weird. It's like, because they end up just not having a good time getting very drunk, not remembering it. <laughs> and then when it comes to the other guys in the room, if there is a stripper, regardless of what they're doing, there's actually not a lot of like, Ooh, yeah, we're loving this. There's this quiet kind of like, mm, this should be a private I'm, moment. Yeah, this is just weird. You know? So I find myself, which is completely generally, uh, not necessarily out of character, but like going, woo-woo, and applauding, and just to fill the space... So that it doesn't feel so weird, you know, uh, because because otherwise guys are like just like there's this thing of like going like, and then you'll get like some guys who don't realize that the better strippers are the ones that make you feel special. So yes. they actually they're actually looking into every single guy's eyes and they're going, you know, you you, me, baby. you yeah you uh, are you're, you're uh, special. Man. Uh-huh. Just, and, it just wants to feel special. Yeah, no, no. So 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 you will have some guys who actually then go. Ah, she really likes me. And it's like, no, dude, she's just really good at her job. So I was at this one bachelor's where, where the guy was convinced. And so, you know, they travel, um, the strippers, yeah. those, uh, they travel with their bouncers. Yeah. With, with protection, rightly so. And for this particular reason, because this guy then, while she was busy changing, uh, he went into the bathroom because he was convinced now oh, that she that you know, and she was like, what the hell are you doing? He was like, well, obviously you like me. Oh, and she wow. was like, no, I don't. And, he, and, and, and I think he made some physical kind of remarks. Uh, uh, and I think she scratched him. She had to scratch him. And then the bouncer had to clap him, I think as well. Oh, wow. But, uh, but, um, but yeah, I think that's, yeah, my general experience of bachelors and I can't really speak for so bachelorettes, but I, I know I've encouraged my wife when she, when that bachelor, bachelor, um, at the bachelorettes and stuff like that to avoid that kind of weird thing is to, yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to get a guy to come in mm. and, and do a show, then, then at least, at le- you know, it's nothing worse. I mean, we know as performers <laughs> being, being on stage and everybody's like, it's just deathly signed yes. when you just done it, when you just yes. done a gag or yes. you meant to be. So it's like, you know, it's. Let's have a party if yeah, you're saying we're, we're celebrating you're your last audience. day of freedom. Exactly, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's my message to all the guys. <laughs> don't look on all weirdly and yeah. ogle because I think a lot of guys would pretend that it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've seen those movies where everybody's like cheering. But yeah. most of the bachelors I've been to, there's this weird, eerie <laughs> silence. So, my bachelorette, talking about being heteronormative, <laughs> my friends got me a stripper, but they got me a male stripper. Oh wow! Because I think the um, the for me male strippers aren't necessarily about being sexy, mm. but are about the comedy. Mm. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and also, I mean, you know, I happen to have fallen in love, fallen in love with Terry, and so that's why I married Terry. But I think before Terry, I could have fallen in love with a man quite easily. You know, mm. that could have happened. So. Um, I do find men attractive. So when I say that, that's not because I only am attracted to mm. women. It's I do find men attractive. And if he's a really, really good stripper, I find him attractive, but I also find him hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I had a male stripper at my uh, bachelorette, which was really, really funny. <laughs> and, it, and I did feel, uh, Joe's, that I was uh, put there on the chair for the man to rub his... 
<laughs> all bits, over me. Yeah. His bits all over me to make the guests at my bachelorette laugh. Yeah. So not only was the the stripper funny, but I became the butt of the joke as yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. Um, which was yeah, uh, not the best night of my life. Can't tell a lie. Oh really? I, I can barely remember my bachelorette, but there were no sex toys involved, no stripping, no just just drunken debauchery. Or maybe I think maybe. You know, each their own, but uh, well done. <laughs> so, do you think women are letting women down? Do you think that's why, I mean, um, we create prudes. It's not the guys who oh, create prudes. Exactly. We are so, what is it? Are we lying to each other? Are we just hiding stuff from each other? Or or are we are we just hardwired to be judgy bitches? I, you know, hmm. I don't know. It's like, what, I mean, I've, I feel terrible about what I just said earlier about plastic and thin and and, no, but yeah. it's true. No, no, no. But you're talking about extremes. I don't think you should feel bad because you're talking about people who overcompensate yeah, yeah. for what they're not doing or what they're depriving themselves yeah. of or what they think they uh, they they are not allowed. Yeah, I uh, definitely. I do feel that women let women down. I really, really do. I think that women will freaking elbow their friend between the eyes if there's a hot guy who's keen. You know, mm. and not all women, but I think mm. some. Um, and I think also to kind of perpetuate these. Myths that mm. we talk about that we mm. discuss in the mm. play. Um, I really do think that a lot of it is the, 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 I don't want to be judgy when I say this, but the, for want of a better word, the prudish position, mm. um, is actually only perpetuated by women. It's yes. not, it's not enforced yes. necessarily, yes. uh, uh, by men. It's funny because while I was driving here, I, I, on that point, while I was driving here, I was listening to the radio and they were talking about that bursary, the maiden bursary mm. that was being offered in KwaZulu Natal and just finding out that the mayor who had, um, said, who had basically, uh, you know, gone and, um, endorsed this thing, even received an award from King Goodwill Zulitini to say, you mm. know, well done. This is how we do it, this thing. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think the virtues of virginity and the the myth of of how that's supported in terms of like, you know, there's this thing around around the hymen mm. that we that that in most cultures is is actually perpetuated. Uh, what's interesting about this 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 thing is it's it's not you know there's no there's no particular you don't you don't have male virginity being um, celebrated. Yes. Um, How do you prove male virginity? Anyway? Well, you you don't. But you can't, but what's interesting about about you can't really prove female virginity either. I, I, exactly. So so this is the, the 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 kind of myths that go around um that the myth about the hymen, I mean the fact is the hymen is there from birth and it never really goes away. Mm. It with age recedes. And if there's any, um, bleeding potentially on the first, on the very first time you have sex, it's been proven that generally it might have to do with uh, a lack of vaginal lubrication. It's got nothing to do with the split of the hymen. Mm. And I mean, you can speak to cultural things around, you know, the, the, the very women who are paid or, or, or expected to go and check virginity. I mean, uh, from my understanding, is that there's bribery involved mm. because because families uh, want to, you know, there's this virtue of virginity mm. that's going around stuff mm. like that. So we'd rather perpetuate this myth of the hymen mm. that supports something about 
women need to be reserved for men mm. as opposed to, well, actually, this should be a shared experience. Mm. Women and men shouldn't mm. be, uh, neither should be any important. And mm. I think the extreme of it is becomes genital mutilation mm. where it, and, and it becomes normative within a particular Shit, culture. That genital mutilation thing scares me. Yeah. Uh, and it's normative within a particular culture going yeah. like, and women are the ones who are actually the mothers and the, and, and, and the, the elders clitoris. are, and it's not just the clitoris. It's the entire kind of vulvic external region. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything that's the, anything that has. So you're not allowed to, do, to enjoy sex. You're not allowed, anything that has to do with pleasure, and it's and and so that's the point. It's like women are uh, are being taken. The pleasure is being taken away. You're not that allowed is, to have pleasure. That's that the, that's the that's the message. That's kind of. And what does that speak of? I think that 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 is going back to what I said earlier. That is absolutely, totally, and utterly can only be because of fear. Mm. Because of fear of what that female sexuality mm. represents. Mm. Why remove it? Mm. What are you gaining by removing mm. it other than removing the fear? I actually remember watching a docu once and I just, I cried. Oh my God, I cried like a child. Um, There's the, someone who covered a documentary where they were following these little girls who, who were being um, castrated, basically, of their clitorises. And the one of the elders, because now the lady conducting the interview asks one of the elderly women, why do you do this? Why is this so damn important? Because we, uh, we watched with horror as this girl had been running away from it. And we watched as they grabbed her now. They were tying her down. And you just hear this child screaming because now the cameras didn't go in there. But you hear this 10-year-old little girl screaming who you've just watched playing outside with her friends. And she says, because if you get married and there's that thing, in there, your husband is going to open your legs and say, "Why is there a penis? I am coming here with a penis. Why must I find a penis between your legs? What's that thing? Get rid of that thing!" And she's laughing as she's saying this. And it was interesting how many girls had run away. There was, they actually have a like a halfway house such situation where the girls who've run away from that mutilation um, are housed there, and they get to go to school and they get to. But to think that it's a reality, and then you bring it home to South Africa, where we claim to be such a forward moving, forward thinking country, and then we are going to check people's hymens mm. in order to give them a bursary because by being a virgin, you're above any other girl. You know, fuck your academic. Um, and, and that's all you're doing is perpetuating prowess. the taboo. The taboo gets perpetuated. Sex yeah. is bad, sex is evil. So, sex guys is- who have, boys who are having sex are cool. They're cool. They they're smart. They can they can get on with life. Girls who are having sex, on mm. the other hand. But you know what's interesting is speaking from a guy's point of view. So that thing about being cool, it's the same thing as as being in this bachelor's party and expecting everybody, uh, unless unless they're at the point where they they've kind of like really potentially maybe we're really drunk and 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 uh, and you know all our guards are down and stuff like that. But generally, um, the What's robbed from us as men is is exactly the stereotype. It's that you're cool, you should be, um, you should be in control. Mm. It's celebrated, and that there's no emotional uh, connection to what whatsoever. That's mm. the other, the flip side of it for the male is that we're not given any, we're not allowed to feel uh, sensitive about it, emotional about it. Um, um, you know, it becomes about being in control. It becomes about um, you know, uh, um, uh, something fashionable, uh, mm. about peer pressure and all those things then actually then starts also perpetuating something which it becomes about, you know, power control and, and it doesn't become about the personal, about the intimate, about one on one. You just want to keep going for 30 minutes nonstop. 
You don't care that I'm going to dry up and it's going to hurt. You well, just want to prove how long you can stay hard. Yeah, yeah, well, not necessarily, but I think in term, culturally speaking, I mm. think that's what gets perpetuated. I mean, the very first time that, that I, that I had sex and I, and I came to it very late because I'm, I'm, I'm admittedly, um, know about the power of the vagina and, 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 and it overwhelmed me. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so much so that my very first experience, I couldn't get it up. I was just so, I was like, and we tried, we really tried everything, you know, and I just, I couldn't get it up because, because, because of performance pressure. And, um, and yeah, and, and supposedly dealing with all these things around, I suppose, knowing that, that, uh, understanding that female sexuality is something that, that is very powerful. Are uh, guys honest with each other about that? No, and that's what I'm saying. You're being pretty honest with us. I know, I'm, I'm, blown, blown, right I'm blown away right now. <laughs> no, guys aren't, uh, being, uh, aren't, aren't honest about that. And that's, and that's the point. Yeah. You know, and, and if anything, when it comes to, uh, relationships and being in marriages and stuff like that, it's often, it's not about, it's not what, you know, we've, we've, we've been talking about women um, and how sometimes their sex drives uh, might have problems, but what if it's the male? Mm. And that's something also we're dealing in the, the play. But that's with. even more taboo. It's crazy. It's like, because female, um, I'm sorry, male kind of uh, machismo strength is mm. so linked to, to uh, their virility mm. you know and so that's i mean for us to for women to be libidinal and out there and for men to not be it's like it's like this push pull it's mm. very 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 mm. interesting mm. and so somewhere actually we actually all want the same thing we want to have good sex we want to have good sex but there's this this gotta be like this for the guy and gotta be like this for the girl but it doesn't make sense because then if i'm not wild in bed then i'm frigid yeah, 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 exactly. And then if I'm wild in bed, I'm a whore. You're slut, like, yeah. what do you want? What do you? Do you want me to eat you or not? <laughs> Are you hungry or not? Mm. Hey? So at the end of the day, that's what tease is about. It's about, because also it is also, don't you think sex is also tied to people's sense of worth as well? Because I know for me, uh, um, if, if, if you can't get it up, I'm going to feel like there's mm. something wrong with me. You can insist as much as you want that it's you, you have a problem, you have a health issue, but I'm going to go, why can't I make you, mm. why can't I make you hard? Mm. And if you take forever to come, I'm going to want to know, are you not enjoying it? Am I too wide? Is that mm. why you're not, mm. is that why you're struggling to come? You know what I mean? Like, mm. it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yet the poor guy is thinking, no, I need to keep going. So she doesn't think I'm a weakling mm. who's going to come in four minutes. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, I mean, you know, so, so we've got, so we, you know, and, and particularly, I think the very first times that we come to that, that we experience sex, there's all this stuff, as with anything, but there's all the stuff that's filled your head. Um, that is uh, probably less true than when you think that 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 robs you of the actual real experience because mm. you feel you're playing a role mm. so you're putting on these masks as a guy as a woman as a woman and stuff like that and i mm. think and and generally speaking going back to a, l- a large part of the play is around those roles you know one of the, one of the characters Ava's character that Vanessa's playing that we know is um you know, she's playing this role that she's she's never really experienced and enjoyed sex. She's never been part of her makeup. Mm. Um, and when she does it, she does it out of uh, some kind of, um, what would you call it? Uh, you know, duty Obli- yeah, and duty. obligation yeah. because that's what you do when you're married. Yeah. But, you know, when she discovers that actually maybe you can, it's something that's pleasurable mm. and it's something that it's yours and mm. that you can own it. Mm. It's, you know, it's interesting you know, particularly, I mean, in Western culture, but in many cultures, that the vocabulary of women is that women don't own their own bodies. Mm. Um, 
you know, it's it's uh, it's kind of designed. It's when I suppose maybe what Vanessa was saying about a lot of people who who you know you kind of work at the you know you go to the gym and you do everything supposedly that that magazines. It's the magazine. Yeah, what what yeah, is the perfect yeah. image? Regardless of what that supposedly is, and you know that that need not be the only and, and mm. thing, mm. and that's not the only. There is no perfect image mm. of a woman, of a man, and mm. of sex and how to have it. But I've seen your muscles; uh, they are very close to perfect. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to agree thank with you. you. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see them coming. Those things. Hey, they hit me. Off it like. feels like this is the human condition, and I mean, you know, I'm absolutely no expert. I have found the research on this absolutely fascinating. Mm. I am interested in female sexuality. Um, I'm no Dr. Eve, uh, but the, the you know, it does feel like this is the human condition, and mm. it's it's about this kind of delicate, intricate dance that we're constantly doing within and without marriages, and you know. Or relationships, yeah. Yeah. Sex. Must just enjoy it. Eh? Mm. I think it's like laughter. Don't hold back. Just mm. though you'll have an internal combustion. You must rather let it out and enjoy. Oh, it's creative expression. Yes. It's yes. creative expression. So what I do on this show uh, is I always have a hug a man section. So we have to decide on what qualifies men for a hug today. What, what, who's, which men should we hug, Jose? Sure. Which men do you feel today deserve the collective hug? Co- collective hug. Mm. Um, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, what comes to mind is the Springbok rugby team. Okay. Yeah. Why are we hugging them? Because um, against all odds, um, and in a very short space of time, they um, dug deep um, on Saturday, and they um, they pulled they they pulled themselves towards themselves, as my mom would say. <laughs> And and somehow they um, uh, yeah overcame a, 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 an island team that was a very unlikely win, and and if anything, what's the amazing thing is it's like those sports movies. It's that thing about the personal overcoming some personal challenge. Yeah. Is that somehow they didn't believe, they and then could. something happened, and then suddenly suddenly something sparked. Yeah. Um, and it all came together in yeah. some kind of magical thing that yeah. they that, that what it was about was they themselves over, overcame their own uh, doubts, wow. and that's what was amazing. So I. Think I think they deserve a bit of that. So, Hagerman today goes out to the box. I would also actually like to hug every man who had their bock moment in the bed recently. Mm. Who went in the bedroom and in their bock moment overcame. Became that guy for that girl. On that note, I'm Timmy Marake. I would like to guess, to thank my guest, uh, Mr. Juzi Dumingo. Thank you, Timmy. Miss is Vanessa Frost Cooperman. Cooperman Frost. Frost yeah, Cooperman. Cooperman Frost. She's Cooperman, you're Frost. She so you is, double barrel. Yeah, so actually professionally, she's Terry Eller and I'm Vanessa Frost. But oh. Mary, just in life, <laughs> we are Terry and Vanessa Cooperman Frost. <laughs> and this is I, Timmy Miraki, officially Timmy Osai Tutu, saying love each other. Bye bye. This is CliffCentral.com.